Welcome to the Arkansas Wildlife Podcast, the official podcast of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. We are talking hunting, fishing, and conservation with engaging guests and in-depth discussions with game and fish staff. It's Arkansas Wildlife, the podcast for all things outdoors in the natural state. Thanks for tuning in to the Arkansas Wildlife Podcast. Folks in Arkansas probably realize we've had some pretty rough weather here lately. Extreme Arctic cold, some snow, some ice, lately some rain. Anyway, all that inclement weather has put us a little bit behind schedule on recording a new podcast for this week. So we're going to take a little bit different approach and share one of our most listened to podcasts from the past with our friends from the Foul Mouth Podcast over in Memphis. What's that uh, tattoo on your hand? Oh, that's just the uh, get in. Get oh, in. it's the stamp. It's the stamp. For, I do have a tattoo on my calf, though. I've got a duck tattoo on my leg. Do you really? Yes, I love it. My son is a tattoo artist, and he he's in Denver now, but he started out here in Little Rock and as an apprentice, and, mm-hmm. and I had a couple. I had one older one that, like, when he was apprenticing, he – it was like 25 years old and he, he cleaned it up and made yeah. it look better. But he did this. This was my first one that he did start to finish. <laughs> and he was so nervous. Uh, yeah. He was like, he, he told me, ah, it'll take a couple of hours. I think three and a half hours later, we, we, it was at the end of a great trout fishing trip we took in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Our, uh, Denver, my co-host, his uh, brother-in-law did mine, and he just uh, more or less a bootleg tattoo artist is what oh, we nice, told him. Nice, nice. Uh, but he does them, and he's in college still, and he duck hunts with us, and we keep saying, I can't wait to come back to the boat ramp one day and see him tattooing somebody on the back of a truck. <laughs> and uh, I was like, we sold $20 tattoos in the parking lot. Like, that is awesome. Fun. Yeah, he could set up yeah. shop at uh, Upper Valley in Biomeda. That'd oh, be yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. Biomeda would be a good <laughs> spot for him. A lot, of, a lot of people, to, a lot of potential customers yeah, there. Yeah, well, that's what I told him. I said, you practice this duck tattoo on my leg and then we'll get, get around to it. you can do a bunch of them. what what uh, species do you have uh, it's a mallard it kind of looks like a speck though because we <laughs> we free through it and so uh it's uh it's very chilly it has sunglasses on and stuff oh, and so he's uh, a it's a whimsical it, it's a car- uh, version it's a of a cartoon duck okay yeah. and, okay uh, i looks- have a cartoon parrot by the way hey that works yeah you know. very cool Hey, we're talking with Jacob Morton from the Foulmouth Podcast, and he doesn't know this yet, but one of the reasons that we have Jacob on is because we just we, we, we want to learn how to do a podcast, uh, and we're <laughs> brand new at this, and he's been doing it for a while. Uh, now, kidding aside, tell us about Foulmouth Podcast. How did it get started? Uh, I mean, what, what's it all about? So we first started it um around october of last year but we had the idea going for a long time and so we have a secondary company it's a media company called tailspin waterfowl and so uh we're on instagram tailspin waterfowl underscore and then we're also on instagram at the foul mouth podcast and uh so we started both of those with the idea of not making money both me and my co-host denver own the companies together along with one of our other buddies evan and he's more of a kind of a financiers how we would describe yeah, he's him. a cfo and, uh, of the operation yes huh? yes and so they own a construction company together and another company together and i own a landscaping company so we didn't really start everything with the intention 
of just making money hand over fist like we we really started because we like talking about duck hunting that's why we named it the foul mouth podcast because everything that comes out of our mouths has to do with duck hunting you know yeah and when we say foul if you haven't picked up on the play on words yet it is f-o-w-l uh and and quite possibly the best name ever for a waterfowl centric (laughs) podcast yeah and uh we we do get some grief from uh his wife my girlfriend about the podcast name they're like you know y'all don't need to be cursing a lot on there and uh and it's actually we've maintained our our g rating so well kind of more of a pg rating so far and uh but we enjoy it we really started it because we think about going to duck camps and everybody sitting around the fire and telling stories and kind of you know just telling old tales you know like the old men hanging around the fire and coming around and being like man you you won't believe this one time you know we were on the mississippi river and we paddled back for five hours because our lower unit went out like things like that like it just puts you in the story we want you to sit around and feel like you're hanging out with us just around the campfire you know? it's 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 the duck camp conversation yes. basically what's the same kind of conversation you're having yeah. at duck camp and uh yeah i really enjoy it mostly a lot of guys that, that we feel listen to the podcast we know a lot of private guys do but a lot of public guys listen to it and so it's like you're driving so many hours and so like you, when you're by yourself you just want to feel you know the social presence of having guys with you and stuff and it's kind of for guys like that where they'll, they'll be able to do stuff like that yeah absolutely i some of the uh, several years ago when I first started listening to podcasts one of the reasons were early morning drives mm-hmm. to uh to go duck hunting yeah and you know I live in Little Rock it's I'm gonna be driving usually an hour or so to get get to many places and you know you're tired and uh, it's nice to have some company uh in the form of a podcast along the along that drive through the dark night yeah oh yeah uh Jake you're a big public land hunter mm-hmm. and do you're out of Memphis based out of Memphis but do a lot of hunting in Arkansas what what attracts you to do it on public land I mean, is it strictly just because not wanting to spend the money to for, for a lease or is it just because you just really like to go to public land so we joke all the time about private land guys being like like the uppity got money and things like that but if you look at at a lot of public land guys i've got a boat that costs three times as much as some of the best leases in arkansas and while that will last me longer any duck hunter knows okay every year there's a certain part of my budget that is going to duck hunting and it's not small and uh it's just a hobby that you keep spending on spending on um part of the attraction to it to me with hunting public land is the ability to move around the ability to go to different spots go find the ducks and it's it's just more it's a challenge you know we're not growing our ducks like we're going and finding the ducks that have been shot at we're competing for holes with other guys we're running through the woods at four o'clock in the morning sprinting practicing like right now i'm training for a half marathon and the first thing i thought about with training for it was man that falls right before duck season and I was like, I'll be able to sprint. You'll be all in the shape. Way to the hole. And so it's the, it's really anybody that's, that's played football in high school, you know, you you race cars, anything like that. It's a competition aspect. And so you're in competition with everybody else, but everybody's still friends. And so it, it's a whole lot of camaraderie in there, like just that you don't get with other guys, really. And so that's one of the real things I love about it. I, I, I understand completely what you're talking about. I mean, I have had leases over the years, uh, but and, and by the nature of my job i mm-hmm. get to go to a lot of different places yeah. some really nice places and uh but 
I, I think I get the most satisfaction out of out of going to public land, finding a spot, mm -hmm. uh, and and working ducks in there. It's just I, I think it's just a little more gratifying. Yeah. Maybe like like uh, bow hunting for deer as opposed to rifle hunting, or yeah. fly fishing as opposed to conventional tackle. It's Absolutely. just like you get. The, yeah. it, the, the payoff is better at the end of the day. It may it may be harder sometimes, yeah. but I think that's what makes the payoff sweeter. The, the end feeling whenever you're in the timber and you've put in all this work, you've put in five days of scouting, you've, you know, you've broken two boat motors, you know, you're, you're jerry-rigging everything up. To have those mallards cup up and coming through the trees just backpedaling, there, there's just not a feeling like it. Like when you leave and you've got just birds all over the front of your boat, like it, you just can't get a more satisfying feeling than that. Like it's something that literally you just can't achieve anywhere else. Like we're constantly chasing that feeling, just constantly trying to get there and get there. And that's the one thing because one day you may have it really good and the next day you may not. And so it makes it so rewarding to just not know when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen, and what it's going to be like. And it's, it's the best feeling in the world. I'm getting literally goosebumps right now just <laughs> thinking about it. Well, that's why we do it. It's very, very well put. You, you mentioned something a little bit earlier, talking about competition, talking about, you know, doing but, – but, but there's still camaraderie and everybody's still friends. I, I wonder about that sometimes <laughs> these days with some of the things you see on social media and the competition. And sometimes it seems like and, and I'm, I'm not trying to paint with too broad a brush here, but it seems like some people it's more about the competition or the the log photo of a bunch of green mm -hmm. heads than it is about the things you're talking about, that feeling. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I think for a lot of guys – like I said, we put in a lot of work, and so like we, uh, we've taken plenty of log photos. I, I have too, and I'm not. There's, I'm not disparaging yeah. anybody. I mean, I take fish pictures, I take yeah. duck pictures, you know. But I, um, I'm talking about motivations here. I think more than anything I, else. I think a lot of guys do do it for the picture. I think there's a, a generation coming up that has had Instagram for so long. Like I, I did not grow up duck hunting. I grew up deer hunting, but I grew up in an era where social media didn't exist. And so like I was still chasing after the biggest buck I could find then. And uh, which wasn't very big because it was on family <laughs> land in West Tennessee, but I was still chasing after those huge deer then. And I, without the knowing that I was going to be able to show it to all my friends. Right. That wasn't like the that. end game for you. Yes. And so now uh, we do shoot a lot of content. So we, we are bound by that sort of. And, uh, and so we're, we are looking for that. But the competition aspect with a lot of guys is it really does still derive from the fun of it like there's guys out there that it's like who's got the fastest boat who can get there which we would never boat race you know there's no no boat race <laughs> allowed anymore but like if if you're out there and say there's no water on one of the wmas and you can hoof it and beat guys by running then like you just it, you feel that that aspect of competition you're like i i did it like me personally i did it and so a lot of that does drive us more than anything and uh, i think a lot of guys that are really hunting public land hardcore that drives them a whole lot too let me ask you another public land question uh it, it, you know this is arkansas wildlife podcast <laughs> is the official podcast of arkansas game and fish and we you, these are discussions we have i mean you can look at our our social media pages and you 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 you, you, you probably know where i'm getting at but one of the things that we hear a lot about is like how crowded it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you hunt a lot of public land in Arkansas. 
I hunt a lot of public land in Arkansas, and while yes, there are you know there are lines to get your boat in the water, and, and, and I hunt a lot at Biomeda. It's our biggest mm-hmm. area. It's our most popular area. It's world famous, truly. Yeah. What is your experience? Because I don't think that the crowds are really as bad as a lot of people think. I think the perception of crowding may be worse than the actual crowding. Yeah. I'm not trying to lead you, but what? <laughs> honestly, what do you so, think? When you go opening day of duck season, I would be willing to bet that maybe 60 to 70% of the people that are showing up public WMAs opening day of duck season won't hunt again after that weekend in Arkansas. And uh, I just really from the numbers that we see, like, it could, but that's where everybody stemmed from is because so many people go to the WMAs that day. And like, this is insane. There's so, so much overcrowding. And, uh, but we, haven't really had an issue with overcrowding uh if if you do it right and people are doing public land right you're teaming up with other guys so we're rolling in usually maybe two three four five deep with our group and we'll see another group that's four five six deep and we're like hey let's all team together and just hunt together because it's not unusual to hunt 25 even 30 people out of a hole in arkansas if you're if you're doing it right if you're going to a place where i don't i don't want any part that's way too many people for me that's way (laughs) too many people a lot of fun the more mallards that you can put on the ground and stack on that log it's a whole lot more fun to take a picture with 100 ducks than it is to roll out with you know 12. Here we are on that log picture again and uh it's a lot of fun plus it builds friendships there's so many guys here that we've been talking to that we just met in the woods and so like uh, the crowding issue is there somewhat i think it's exaggerated significantly um there's a whole lot like with the the quote oozer days you know the 10 days that we can hunt on wmas and then the next 10 days and the next 10 days where most of the guys hunting those wmas i know a few guys from arkansas that are hunting those days but most of them are going elsewhere because the rest of us are all on the wmas and it is um i wouldn't say it's crowded i i've had ideas about how to fix it and stuff a lot of guys just want to complain without solutions and uh i think the way that it's done now uh works but um, it, it, there's just different aspects it, where it could be it's better. It's interesting you say that because I, I, I don't care when the non-resident days are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go when the conditions are good, when you yes. got a bluebird day and some north wind uh, and, you know, maybe a, a, a migratory push, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Uh, so that's, that's interesting that you're, you say a lot of Arkansas residents, you think, maybe do go elsewhere when, on, yeah. on those non-resident days. Uh, it, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing to look at. I, I have had a lot of discussions with some of our waterfowl team and, and other biologists, and I think, I think you got a lot of people hunting in the same spots or getting mm-hmm. 100 200 yards off of the main yeah. you know the bios the rivers the the boat trails whatever and if you just go a little bit farther a little bit deeper run a little bit farther yeah. if you're you uh, i don't know about running in in, in waders at uh, at my age you're oh, a little younger it's than usually me though. tennis shoes and a cold walk <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that perhaps you can probably still find some some mm-hmm. space to yourself. It's really not bring your own tree, like I see some yeah. people say on social media. We hunt um, a lot in the WMAs whenever the oozer days are in. Uh, when it's not, we go a little bit further and go places other people aren't going because we hunt just different rivers and stuff that other people 
are not willing to go to. And so uh, we hunt a few holes that are in Arkansas that we clean up ourselves. We kind we manage ourselves. They're all more or less public land. What well, they are public land, but they probably have never been hunted. Not not like necessarily what most people think of public land, like yes, uh, a, a wildlife it, well, management some, area. Some, even sometimes <laughs> it may be underwater sometimes it may not be underwater uh sometimes maybe a quarter mile from the river if uh if the water's been down and so we have found places like that where we go and have great hunts and kill ducks purely because people are not willing to go that far in i want to uh make a uh, just a, a point point of order here and, and a notation that uh uh, Jake is a non-resident from Memphis, Tennessee, and he is the one that's using the term "ooser." Uh, <laughs> you are so you don't, must not think of that as a too derisive or derogatory of a term. Um, I would say it's very embraced. <laughs> and uh, so, non-residents like to be that you're saying you like to be called an ooser, huh? Um, I think it's a little bit better of a term than than what somebody could call me. <laughs> yeah. And um, fair there's, point. There's guys. Um, that don't like oozers for sure. Oh yeah, there's a there. sign uh, uh, just off of the uh, the boat ditch around Hollowell, uh, a hand painted uh, piece of plywood, or uh, I think it's a piece of plywood. It may be some kind of composite or something. I don't know, but it says oozers go home. Yeah. And, uh, uh, have you seen that sign? I, I've seen it <laughs> once, and uh, and it, it's you know it is what it is. I, I I've never had a negative interaction with anyone from Arkansas. And really the only people that we've ever talked to in the woods, there was a questionable interaction. We're not from Arkansas. And I'm like, you know, y'all don't own this as much as we don't own this. So there's not really much you can do there. Everyone from Arkansas I've ever encountered has been nothing but helpful, nothing but nice. Uh, You know, we'll pull you back if something's wrong with your boat. Like, everybody's been just genuinely great. I've never had an issue with anybody. It's funny. We broke down on a video shoot in in Biomeda a few years ago, and it was getting later, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, be be off. I think at that time, the rules changed a number of times. I think at that point it was off the water, uh, or stop hunting at noon and off the water by one in that particular season. But we were we were paddling uh, down uh, the Salt Bow Ditch in Biomeda, and you know there's no cell service. Of course, we have the luxury of being able to maybe call a game warden who could come mm-hmm. help us out, but we couldn't get a call out. Well, this guy comes uh, comes down the ditch, and uh, it was so nice. Tied a tied a rope on, towed us out. He was from Illinois and was spending a couple of weeks in Arkansas <laughs> hunting, and so. I, I guess what I'm getting, I just wanted to tell that story to relate to, you know, how most everybody's got a good attitude out mm-hmm. there. I think sometimes these these horror stories about conflict get, I mean, maybe they're based on a kernel of truth or somebody had a bad experience, you know, 10, yeah. 15, 20, 25 years ago. And then it becomes this legend when the reality is really not that bad. I've had very, I, I don't know if I've had any negative experiences in public yeah. green timber hunting in Arkansas. I've, I've heard stories. I've heard stories that have been recently. I've heard stories from back in the day and I, there's nothing that we've experienced. And I hunt 
enough that it would have happened by now. And so I've just never experienced any anything negative in that light. Anybody that needed help, anything like that, they any I mean, most of the guys that are hunting out there would give you the shirt off your back or their back if, if you needed it. Especially like you fell in the water and it's 19 degrees outside i mean whatever's going on uh, almost everybody's out there would help you because they know that they could easily be in that situation um, we talked about going even up to north dakota a couple years ago and going hunting and they said that people out there will stop or super nice because if you get caught in a snowstorm out there you know and your little granny like you, you're not going to make it walking and so like being nice to everybody to start can help you in the long run especially if you need some help yeah I, and i think you just hit on something that's it's really important it it it, it kind of comes down to the golden rule man just treat people the way you want to yep, be treated exactly um wrapping things up a little bit jake what uh uh, how fortunate do you feel to to live in in Memphis, Tennessee, right, you know, uh, uh, Western Tennessee and Eastern Arkansas, uh, mm-hmm. the Mississippi Delta? I mean, it's it's the bottom of the migratory funnel. Oh, yeah. we're, we're pretty lucky. How fortunate do you feel to be a part of that? I would say, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, and, and I doubt anybody from most other states will listen to this, that Arkansas is the best duck hunting in the world. I mean, there's a reason why Stuttgart was named, you know, the duck capital of the world. And it's because uh, it, it really is. I mean, you just don't, you're not going to get it anywhere else. So for somebody like me, just living in Memphis, which is just is central to the flyway, I can get anywhere. I can hunt West Tennessee. I can hunt Arkansas. We can hunt Mississippi. I could drive down to Louisiana, go up to Illinois, go to Missouri. It's just so fortunate, so lucky to be in that area and to just have the natural resource to be able to do that day in and day out. Being in Memphis, I feel much more fortunate because there's a lot of guys who do come in from Alabama and South Carolina and Georgia and all these guys that drive in. Um, Thanksgiving Day, I'll hunt. I can go home for Thanksgiving. It's very, very nice to have that luxury. I may not go home for Thanksgiving, but I have the option if I want to, and then I can be right back to the WMA you know, be in line, be, you know, be getting ready, be scouting with, you know, before the sun's even down if I really want to be. And so um, there's a, a huge aspect of that that I'm just so grateful for to just be that close to such a great resource like this. Awesome. Uh, Jake Morton from the Foul Mouth Podcast. Uh, check it out wherever you download your podcast. Man, we really appreciate you jumping on with us. And uh, come on and uh, hang out with us in Arkansas anytime, man. Absolutely. I'll catch you all at the ramp this season. We'll see you, Jake.